Hey, what's the camera still doing here? Oh, no. Disaster. That can only mean one thing. Doggone it, you're right. Mm -hmm. It looks like they've ordered a sequel. No. Oh. <laughs> We're doing a sequel. We're back by popular demand. Come on, everybody, strike up the band. We're doing a sequel. That's what we do in Hollywood. And everybody knows that the sequel's never quite as good. I thought it was the end, but no, my friends, this is when we get to do it all again. Do it all again. Until the credits roll, we got another go to show them we can do it all again. Most of them are. Most of the like geniuses. You, Jack. I'm I'm a complicated. You're complicated. Man. Am I? Yeah. How so? I don't know. You're too complicated. Well, with that, welcome back to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack. Yeah, and you know who I am. You you know the man in black. Uh, he comes riding into town and comes to the microphone and says his piece, and then the gunslinger falls after him. That's for Dark Tower fans out there. I'm not expecting you to know that. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you gave a reference that went completely over I my know. head. I know. You haven't read the Dark Tower series. That's, no. Uh... But anyway, um, speaking of series, one thing I wanted to talk about tonight, and I hope I think we can maybe get some discussion going about it, is a real problem that I think Hollywood is having right now, and I don't really see it stopping. It's relationship with black people? There's that. <laughs> yes, call, uh, like casting of uh, of of minorities is uh, a problem. It's relationship with Asian people. That too. Yes, that that is a problem. But no, we're not. Um, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh we're not the... going to talk about no, that tonight. We, we, we could, did have other no, plans. No, we could talk about the fact that Scarlett Johansson is the star of Ghost in the Shell. Oh yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, and that, that obviously that could be a problem. But the problem with sequels in, in Hollywood, again, it, it's kind of connected with a whole list of problems of just not not even entertaining the notion, let's have somebody come in here and give us an idea for something that could make a good movie that will make us a lot of money. Um and yet, well, let's just let's just forget about that. We have this movie that we just did. Let's just make a sequel out of it. And it's I I know it sounds like I might be overstating it because we've had sequels literally almost since the beginning of the movies. Um, maybe not in the silent era so much, but uh, you you didn't see City City Lights too. Totally unnecessary. You don't need to see Charlie the Ch Tramp's life with the blind girl you're, after you're just a total make, rehash. You're, you're just making. He gets into a boxing match again, and he he, he sweeps up poop. You know. It's, see, you're just making me think, though. Uh, you, you, you're, this is, it's funny, but you know, I'm I'm looking at the Easy Rider poster that I have up in my uh, living room, and I did I tell you about Easy Rider too? Yeah. Yeah. Where the. A guy made an unauthorized sequel that Peter Fonda did not want to have anything to do with. Mm. And but no, but th th see that's different though. But again, we've had sequels going back at least since the 30s. You know, you could call like Son of Dracula or Son of Frank Bride of Frankenstein. Dracula's Daughter, The Mummy's Hand, Dracula's Curse of the Daughter, Tomb. Was that Dracula's Daughter was a movie? That's a movie. Yeah. Cool. Well. See, at least, though, that was during a time, though, where you, you would have those sequels, but then you would also have movies that, you know, original movies. Movies that could be made for wide audiences, but also smart audiences. Here, this year, we have had so many sequels. And, I mean, we've already, and we've talked about some of them already, obviously. We talked about Batman v Superman, and which is a sequel to Man of Steel. We talked about X-Men Apocalypse, which is... The third movie in this cycle of X-Men movies, but technically the ninth X-Men movie. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yes, Captain America. The third America. Captain America movie, the 96th Marvel movie. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's it's just crazy. Cloverfield, and... 10 Cloverfield Lane, for God's sake. Yes, yes, 10 Cloverfield A Lane. A sequel in name only, but still. 
yeah. trying to capitalize on the name of Cloverfield. Yeah, trying to capitalize on the name of Cloverfield. That, um, and that's like trying to capitalize on the name... Uh, you're, you're drawing a blank, aren't you? Don't worry, we'll edit it out. It, it'll be, no, it'll be like a sequel to... Oh, God. Oh, um, That's like trying to capitalize on the name of Burt Reynolds. <laughs> now Jack's going to edit that so it'll sound like I came up with that faster. No, I think I'll keep it the way it is. But let me just run down some sequels that have come out this year. I, and we're, we're, all, we're only in June, Here comes our way. damning expose. We have Zoolander 2. Um, I don't even know if you knew that was one. Sure, um, yeah. They showed, there was a preview for that before Star Wars. Yeah, Zoolander two. God, even oh this oh well this is like a <laughs> you know what I went to I saw Star Wars twice in December. Uh, the second time I saw it, there was a trailer for Zoolander two, but the first time I saw it was a trailer for Zootopia. Ah, coincidence? No, well that was one of the rare ones. But then we have London has fallen. The sequel to Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> the brutal Save the President movie. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I still... I'll, I'll probably watch London Has Fallen at some point, just because it looks really over the top. Oh, yeah. Divergent series, Allegiant. Because apparently a few people That's still a franchise. That movies. Yeah. That's a franchise. Then you got... We mentioned 10 Cloverfield Lane. Then you had... Which was good. Uh, still a sequel, though. Yes, yeah, still a sequel. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2... Even Greeker. Yes. <laughs> My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Uh, extra gyro. I hope I hope they divorced from the first movie and then someone got married again. Yes. God's Not Dead 2. <sighs> God's Not Dead 2. God's Still Not Dead. <laughs> that should have been the name of the movie. I like think... I know, I still know what you did last summer. The sequel to I know what you did last summer. Um, like, and then you had uh, Barbershop, the next cut, uh, the Huntsman, Winter's War. Um, I brought up we we mentioned Huns- uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Not a great movie, but apparently it made enough money. Well, so... that's that's always the thing. It's like no, I want to meet the one. I want to meet the one person on this planet that. Outside of a Hollywood office that was, was asking for, for a, a sequel. Snow White and Huntsman sequel. Yeah, I was, you know, I really like that Kristen Stewart, but you know who didn't really get his due? Chris Hemsworth. No. He, I wanted to know more about his backstory. What was he all about? Well, seriously though, if you had to decide, who would you like to see a backstory on? Do you want to see it on Kristen Stewart's character or Chris Hemsworth's character? What about Charlize Theron? No. Who cares? <laughs> well, I make a sequel at all then. What else? What, and I saw the movie. There was no story to really that was worth it. Um, and they had to work around the fact that they couldn't get Kristen Stewart. They literally had a shot showing, oh, the mirror has messed her. And they cut to a shot of a obvious double with like her hand over her face going, ah! And then that's it. <laughs> Alice through the looking glass. Which we talked about on our uh, trailer episode. Yeah, which bombed hard. Oh. Well, that just came because, well, Johnny Depp really, uh, people are not really liking him right now in general. Or it could that just came be in because like a, the first Alice film was terrible. There was that too. And no one was looking for that. No, either. they were not. Johnny Depp is not, he he's, I'm not going to say he's box office poison. No. But he's <laughs> not, but he's not anywhere near the draw he once was. Certainly we not. We could say that. Um, so, yeah, you have... Yeah, I'll start looking Here's class. to a fifth Pirates of the Caribbean film. Oh, boy. That's out next week, fellas. Um, then we had... Um, actually, we went through... It's funny. We I thought we went through one weekend without a sequel, but there was a martial arts movie that was in limited release called Kill Zone 2. What? <laughs> Because apparently there's a Kill Zone one. Well, apparently, if you go by that rules, that means like there's a sequel released every day. <laughs> what? That there's a sequel released somewhere? There, there's, there's a sequel to Green Eyes being released right now, probably. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, there'll be. The, 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 God, Green I'll, Eyes, I'll, by the way, that's Jack's film that he made himself. Yes. Which makes him an awesome person. Oh, thank you. And, and a good human. But oh, thank you. He, uh, 
uh, someone's doing an author, unauthorized sequel right about now. If or I, they're, I'll or be, they're I'll, writing Green Eyes fan fiction. I'll be there. I'll, I'll read it. Uh, if anybody wants to do uh, Green Eyes fan, send it to waitsofcinema at gmail.com. <laughs> that would be a great contest. Um, Neighbors 2, Sorority yeah. Rising. Um, we talk- <laughs> that's something that's got to die, too. Sequels that have something rising. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It was cute when Kenneth Anger made Scorpio Rising in 1964. But then, like, there's 300, Rise of an Empire. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Right. And... We, t- gotta, we gotta retire that one, later. And then you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. Right. Because, again, another movie which, because it made a lot of money, and Ninja Turtles, I guess, somehow... Spark, it's like, oh, Ninja Turtles are cool again. Now we're going to cram every single Ninja thing Turtles we can. were never not cool, Jack. I'm trying to figure out how to respond to it based on the way you just said that. I mean, in general, the movie itself is not great. But no, well, the first one... I, I the, the I'm one, talking about the first one, because I've seen that one. Oh, the 2014 one, yeah. Well, we talked about that. That was... Uh, I just liked your reaction because you were like, I can't do this. <laughs> but, like, so then we have. I talked about The Conjuring 2. Right. And then Now You See Me 2. Um, and then Finding Dory. Oh, jeez. And I'm sure there are other sequels that I'm not even. There's going to be another sequel to Transformers. Of course, they're going to be like a bunch of sequels to Transformers. We can't. The only way them. to escape the Transformers franchise is basically to commit suicide, or to put your put a pillow over your head and go like ah. Yeah. Or and then of course this Friday we have Independence Day Resurgence. Next week we then the week after that we have The Purge Three, Election Year. Yeah. Which I've seen that trailer too many damn times. Oh God! And then um. I'm sure there are even more sequels. Technically, would you call Suicide Squad a sequel? No. Maybe more of a spin-off movie, yeah. even though Batman's in it. Well, we get it's a little murky, but yeah, not technically not a. Uh, not, so I guess so. The point I'm getting at though is a lot of damn sequels lo- out there. A lot of damn sequels. I'm I'm if I'm part of a political party, I'm in the <laughs> there the sequels the are, too, of damn sequels are too damn high. <laughs> yes, yeah. it, <laughs> it's and. It, I'm not trying to say to you that sequels are outright bad. That's that's one of the points I want to get at with this, is because it's really easy to just completely be cynical about sequels. And again, I, case in point is just because of the list that it took me ten minutes to rant off to you. The fact that we've had so many sequels, and then you look at last year, um, and we had a lot of sequels there as well. It's it's just you can't get away from them. You, we, we can't have a year... Without sequels. I mean, you, it used to be where, I mean, you look at, like, the, the top grossing films of something like uh, 1976 or something. How many sequels came out that year? Three. <laughs> Actually, you're probably right. Maybe one of them was, like, a Pink Panther Un- movie or something. Unsubstantiated facts. There you go. Um, and then little by little, and then you go look in the 80s and then the 90s, and little by, it raises as far as the movies that make the most money... And then Hollywood says, well, they made the most money. What can we do? we got to make more of these. And, again, I'm not trying to say they're bad because, I mean, you listen to our opening segment, and I, I was praising The Conjuring 2. I was praising Finding Dory. So you get good movies that are made, but you also get a lot of, you know, manure out there. You get movies that are just pumped out there just because they need to fill up space. I mean, again, we talked about Alice Through the Looking Glass or Huntsman or Divergent Part 5 or whatever it is. Um, the fact that they split up sequels to be two movies. The fact, you know, the, the Divergent movie should be over, but there's going to be another movie. Yeah. There were three well, books, I, it we was, have four movies. It was a gutsy move for Harry Potter to do that in the first place. It was. But then everyone found out, no, it's a really safe move because it gets people to see more movies. Yeah, they didn't learn the, the right lesson from that. It's 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 going to be similar to how people Twilight are going to see... Twilight split up its last film. <laughs> oh, God. The, uh, and then <laughs> Hunger Games split up its if, last if film. If you ever possibly have the patience or willpower to endure... Uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1, you spend 50 minutes of that movie watching 
uh, Bella and Edward, I'm not kidding, like lounging around on a beach having sex. That's like the whole movie. It's like the start of the movie, we're married. End of the movie, I'm having a baby. Yeah. And you, you, That could have been one movie. That still could have been one movie. But we're, I'm not here to talk about that. But what I want to say, though, is the fact that sequels... Sequels it, are the coin of the realm. They are the... Ooh. Ooh. That, that's a great way to put it. Thank now, you, Now, that's an old-timey phrase. What, what did the coin of the realm mean in medieval speak? Well, I mean, when you say... Uh, it's The cliche means that, you know... It, I'm going to use another cliche to explain it. It's your bread and butter. Yeah. It's how you're going to make your... It's how you're going to make... The studios are going to make their living. Yeah. And... It's a safe bet. Even if it's a crappy movie franchise, as long as it made money beforehand, people will recognize it. They'll be more mm-hmm. likely to see the film. I'm, I'm wondering if this could be... Again, I, I say could be. It, it probably won't be. But if this was could be a year where Hollywood maybe looks at what movies end up making money and then what movies don't and kind of go, huh, maybe you know some of these sequels are working for us and then we have a mega bomb like... You know, The Huntsman or Alice Through a Looking Glass, where, you know, th- that first Alice in Wonderland movie, in a way, that's almost on the opposite end, where it made too much money. You could say, <laughs> that the fact that that movie made a billion dollars is just mm. kind of crazy. It's just insane pants. Yeah, the there's, fact nothing that, about, there's nothing about that Alice in Wonderland film that justifies a $1 billion return. No. I, I mean, you can blame a lot of that on 3D. Because Maybe. that that was when people were coming off of Avatar and they thought, well, we have now this whole new craze. Let's just m- milk it for all it's worth. But there are certain symptoms of something called sequelitis, which is also a real crux of a lot of this problem. And when I say common symptoms to sequelitis, I can go through this really fast and try to sum it up uh, as far as what is on this website. If you go to tvtropes.org, which is a very nice site, Here are some little things I'll go through really quickly. Making a sequel just because the original is successful and the executives want money, regardless of the creative potential for the sequel, and if fans want it. So what we just mentioned. The original was thematically rich. Then the sequels were either too uh, anvilicious, if that's a word, with topics that require tact and subtlety. And, you know, some anvils need to be dropped or not. Uh, Retcons that make people mad. Like last year we had Terminator Genesis. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, what they call the franchise original sin. Uh, you know, so early in the franchise, there were minor flaws, but as new installments roll, these problems just get out of hand. I think we've seen that over time, hmm. possibly. Uh, for me, actually, that, that, that comes with the Lord of the Rings movies. How so? Well... You know, I mean, you could, I, I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies were pretty spectacular. I don't think they were completely without flaws. No. Um, but then we get to the Hobbit movies, and some of these problems roll out of hand. You know, the fact that, well, these ones are especially too long, uh, too much CGI. Um, a lot, like, if there were, these weren't even issues in Lord of the Rings, so maybe this isn't the right one, but... No, but... Any issues the thing involving... About, the thing about the Hobbit is because, is it's like, it, it, well, guys... It's the same thing with dividing up your last book into two films. Well, The Hobbit was originally supposed to be... Two movies, two movies. at most. And then... They extend the, to into a third movie. They get greedy. Yeah, and it's kind of the opposite of how pre- production started on the Lord of the Rings films. They were didn't know if they would get the film made, so they were saying, let's we'll, we'll do this in two films. And yeah. then eventually someone saw it and they said, well, this is really three films. Like yeah, well, that was the, that was the right call. Right. Um, if they had made that two movies, they would have had not quite, but something of a similar problem that Bakshi had when he made his Lord of the Rings movie, yeah. which you know, try to make three books into one like two hour and fifteen minute movie. He made two films instead into a two hour fifteen minute yes, movie. Yes, pretty much. Um, here's something interesting: undoing the ending of the previous film when it gave no room for more stories. Hmm. Is there anything you can think of with that trope? Well, let me think. Mm. Going like back ba- to well, going back to retcons, I think one thing that did this uh, pretty controversially was Back to the Future Two. 
Mm, how so? Well, Back to the Future 2, you know, they, they built in a sequel right into the end. In Back to the Future, they built in the sequel at yes. the end of that film, which was which was a great idea. It's like, we went back to the past, now we're going to go into the future. And now, uh, they retconned a lot of stuff from Back to the Future to make the story fit a little more. Like, they twerked parts of Marty's character, like... Uh, the, the the weird thing is like all of a sudden whenever someone calls him a chicken he can't resist <laughs> a dare which had nothing to do with how you know he acted in the first film and uh you know that was a weird like as a kid I really enjoyed that but as now as an adult thinking about it that is an odd quirk that yeah. and it becomes a running gag but it's not I don't know. It's a little cheap. And Back to the Future always played it fast and loose with the rules of time travel, but they they changed uh, certain things about you know how what was happening and why in certain parts of the film, and whether or not they make the story work. Uh, whether or not that makes the story better is is another question. Entirely. No, well that's well that's I don't know it. I don't think that's as egregious as something like Terminator 5, where we're just going to redo a lot of things and make it so that the Terminator actually went back to when Sarah Connor was a little girl. So now he raised her, and now she calls him dad. And now we're going to have it set, you know, also in 20 in present day. And Skynet isn't happening right now, but it is about to happen because of cell phones and apps and. I mean, that was that was what happened with Terminator Three. It's like you you cannot you cannot stop <laughs> Judgment Day. You can merely postpone it. And yeah, it, it, that was that was a way of them saying we're never stopping this. Yeah, basically. Um, but you know, I talked to you about uh, the fact that I've never seen a Terminator film beyond Terminator Two, mm. because I know that all the Terminator films after that are they're varying are, degrees of crap. Are, Terminator are Salvation has its moments. But it's still a subpar movie. It's like I was able to go into the future and see, you know, this is not worth it. So I'm like, yeah, it, I think it I'll take, cut myself off it, right I mean, here. It will take a lot for me to give up on a series. And I just decided I'm, I've am i given up on Terminator movies. Oh, here's a... Uh, I don't know if this t- counts as, you know, changing the ending of a film. But, I mean... How about Aliens At the end Alien of 3? the first Godzilla film... Oh, the Godzilla, very first one in Japan? Yeah, Godzilla Dies. Ah, how did they retcon that? I'm curious. I've seen the second Godzilla film, and I honestly do they don't, even bother? I don't think they even bother with it. I they know. certainly don't bother with it in King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> I and King Kong got a sequel. Yeah, he died too. So do you think maybe King Kong versus Godzilla is almost like somebody's fever dream? put on film (laughs) where like i had this crazy dream last night where king kong and godzilla fought each other oh come on i would have paid good money to see that even knowing what i know now (laughs) and they're doing it again yeah god when we get that that's just it's not as if king kong versus godzilla deserved to be made Mm mm-hmm but still, it's something I'd like to see re-remade. Yeah. Um, well, another trope they put up, and I was—I guess I mentioned this in passing. The ca- the casual, shameless, meaningless, and sometimes callous killing off of beloved characters. So, have you seen Alien 3? Yes. Okay. Uh, killing off Newt. And Hicks. Not yeah. Hicks. Uh, Hicks is, is Bill Paxton. Uh, no, the Michael Bean character. What's his name again? Oh, Oh, I, I but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, guys. you. Yeah, no, no. I think that is Hicks. Bill Paxton is someone else. Oh God, who is? <laughs> yeah, I think l- you're right. Yeah, I mean, you can look it up. But the point is, Hudson. Alien... His name Hudson. is Hudson. Thank you. Damn it. Yeah, 17 days. I got newsflash, Andrew. We ain't got 17 hours. Game over, man. Game, Game over. You're so good in that. Um, but yeah, by killing off those two characters now. I don't think Hicks Hicks was I don't know if he was so much beloved. He was a he was a solid character. But he Newt served... was beloved though. Okay, I agree with that. Um, you know, she really was like this tough little girl who somehow made it through all these years, and she makes a bond with Sigourney Weaver in that movie. And even though they have a pretty clear arc in that story, by the end of it, 
you think, okay, well, James Cameron's left it so that if somebody wants to pick up the story from here, we can have more adventures with Sigourney Weaver and Newt and so on. But they don't do that. And you're left with this alien movie where it's just full of these miserable characters on this planet. (laughs) And um, and bless David Fincher's heart, he tried his best, but... Well, um, he he was screwed from the beginning. Yeah, he was kind of screwed from the beginning on that. I don't know if there was another example of that. I guess in a way, you could say Back to the Future 2 did that as well with uh, uh, George McFly. Yeah, but... Which was well because the actor didn't want to come back to play him. But Back to the Future had its own time travel things, and it's like, oh, he died in a different timeline, and you know, uh, it's hard to fault Back to the Future with anything in mm. terms of, oh, this this doesn't work. I mean, it's that sci-fi thing. It's it, Back to the Future is just fantasy with a little bit of time travel. There's no science to that. Yeah. Uh, so no matter what they retcon or change, it's you can't just say, that can't happen. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, the... This is a weird trope. Wacky wayside tribes begin choking the plot to conceal the fact that the writers have basically run out of story. Well, I think that happened in X-Men Apocalypse. Ah. Yeah. That is a good example of that. Like, because X-Men Apocalypse, they didn't really have much story. No. That's I, where the, we're going we're gonna to try to deal with this idea of, here's a guy who comes back and I'm the first mutant and, I'm, and I see myself as God. But they don't do really that much with it. No. And then instead they fill the time with little subplots about the students and then subplots with Professor Xavier and subplots with... Wolverine, who shows up for about two minutes. You know what could have worked better is if that if if that had been like a season of a TV show, and maybe you could have developed Cyclops as like a full character who finds himself like he starts off as this weakling and then he becomes like the leader. Then right. you could have had a better story. Yeah, but they just didn't do that, man. No, um, they didn't do much in X Men Apocalypse. No, uh, pandering to the base. Uh, which can come in s- several harmful forms. Um, even though they're technically prequels, in a sense, do you think s- the Star Wars prequels are almost like sequels? Well, in the sense of having all the callbacks, uh, the worst being, you know, I'm going to show how C-3PO was made. Because people care for some reason. Uh, God, I, I really, uh, sorry, that, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, well, then you could you could even argue was was the Force Awakens necessary? Well, there are people who have argued that. Yeah. Um. Oh. Um. Well, of course, this is one of the best worst ones I wanted to bring up. You've seen the Rocky. You've seen the first Rocky, right? How many of the sequels have you seen? I've seen two and four. Okay. So, and you've not seen three. I have not. Alright, at some point you should, because 3 actually isn't that bad. But part 4, that's where you get into a lot of really crazy, wacky things, isn't it? It starts to get crazy, but Is part it still 4 charming? has its own charm. Yeah. Because it's all emotion. <laughs> there is no logic to anything that happens in Rocky 4. No. Because, you know, how does a... I guess this is a spoiler, but... The whole reason I'll, I'll avoid the spoiler. The whole reason well, Rocky people is, know the spoiler if they've seen Creed. Well, I don't know who's seen Creed. Uh, here's right. the thing: there's something Rocky that... for the reason Rocky has to fight Ivan Drago doesn't make much sense. No, and it... you had to get Rocky to fight this seemingly invincible Russian guy, and apparently we're supposed to believe that Rocky using these sort of home-built training methods in the <laughs> Russian wilderness is going to beat a Soviet uh, Kill, man machine, machine fueled by steroids. And it doesn't make any sense. No. But we want to believe it. We want to and believe movie... that we we want to believe that Sylvester Stallone can punch communism in the face. Yeah, <laughs> we totally wanted to believe that, and so uh, completely unnecessary, no logic to it. But still, once that fight starts with Ivan Drago, you're you're right there in it, going like, "Go, Rocky!" Yeah, you can't help yourself. Yeah, 
No, that that's true. It is so at times crazy, but very enjoyable. Like that's a movie where they have a robot. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, like why the is there a robot? And Muppet and the Muppets par- parodied that to a pretty uh, to pretty good effect. When did they do that? There was there was that character at at Kermit's mansion called Eighties Robot. <laughs> That was clearly <laughs> supposed to be a jab. I Rocky forgot Thor. about that. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me just bring up some sequels to just talk about just randomly. Because, again, the idea that I wanted to express here is that, you know, there are good sequels. Sequels are bad. They're bad sequels. Yeah, that's <laughs> – we need to make that blanket statement here. Sequels, bad. Only original movies. Right. So no sequel to Green Eyes? <laughs> <sighs> Actually, well, never mind. I'll, I'll talk about it off mic, but there is sort of. I don't want to say it right now. Um, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Breaking news: sequel to Green Eyes coming next year. Um, now, actually, I texted you about this whole idea, and you—the first thing you texted me was Grease Two. Yeah, I had so just you, seen Grease. Now, and I knew Grease that Grease Two existed. Okay, you haven't seen Grease Two though. No, I've seen but little could, bits. Of but it. can I think of anything? More, less, more pointless <laughs> than a sequel to Grease? No. Yeah. The very theory of a sequel to Grease seems to be the biggest waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is the it is to musicals what the Huntsman Winter's War is to fantasy movies. Mm. It's like, why are you here? Yeah. You know, you you told your Snow White story. Get out and. I don't even think any of the original cast came back for Grease 2. Wasn't that Michelle Pfeiffer? I thought John Travolta was in it. That was probably oh, a... oh no, no, no. He he was gone. He he was a megastar at that point. Well, then he again, I am swim. talking about a movie I haven't seen. All so right, that, that's I, fair So enough. basically, I'm an idiot at this uh, point. No, no, it's fine. Cars 2 is pretty uh, unnecessary. Have you seen that one? I haven't. I've been able. Uh, I've been lucky to avoid my nephew's favorite movie. Yeah. Like again, there are there are a lot of bad sequels that I have not seen, but I I'll just mention a few that maybe you've seen them, maybe not. Let me mention one. Okay. The Scorpion King, and the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Okay. Now it's been a long time since I've seen those movies. I saw the Scorpion King. Th- that's almost a little bit more like a spin-off. Though. It is, but... The, well, The Mummy Returns is where they show The Rock um, as the Scorpion King. And he's only in the prologue. The rest is just computer-generated no. well, yeah, half-Scorpion Yeah, yeah. he pops up. He's in that movie the way that Ryan Reynolds is in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Right. <laughs> the Merc with the Mouth has no mouth. Um, but what about The Scorpion King? Scorpion King was basically just a vehicle for Dwayne Johnson to, yeah. to get into movies. Now, as far as we know, Dwayne Johnson seems to be doing a pretty good job for himself. You know, he's not he's not a great actor, but he has found his oh, place. He has, I think he has charisma. He certainly does. He just hasn't really been in anything that's... It's funny because he's actually in a movie out right now, which I... I haven't gotten to see. It's called like Central Intelligence, right? Which I, I, which is getting good reviews. Yeah, it's not getting bad reviews. Um, I'm not a big Kevin Hart guy, so I don't know if I'd see it. Well, Kevin Hart's not a big guy. Oh, so. ta- well, he's yeah, not tall. <laughs> well, did you hear the? Ta- Do you know the tagline for that movie? Yes. Sometimes- which was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need a little heart with a big Johnson. Mm. <laughs> Talk about the un- one of the most unnecessary the, things the, ever. The uh, the marketing department uh, was working that day. <laughs> they were. They were. They they looked at the titles of the actors, and I, I could just picture a guy sitting at his desk going, hmm, looking down, looking up, like at, like a picture of the two of them. Hmm. 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 I could use a sandwich. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Hart and Johnson. Yeah, there you go. All right. Blues Brothers 2000. Well, anything that has the number 2,000 at the end. <laughs> well, Death Race 2,000. Is Dracula 2,000. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if there are too many movies with 2,000. Not too many, but we should kill it before it rises again. No, any time that you try to make a movie, well, especially near the year 2,000, 
You're dating yourself so horribly. Well, fortunately, we aren't going to make any more movies around the year 2000. No, no, you won't. That, that Actually, you're, you're making me, you're reminding me of this one skit uh, from the uh, the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah. Years ago. You remember that? In the year 2000, where he and Andy Richter, they would make little predictions for things that would happen in the year 2000. Right. And they kept doing it after 2000. <laughs> You see, it was so great in the 90s because every time you wanted to predict that something terrible would happen, you would say, by the year 2000, all the rainforests will be gone. Yeah. And then, you know, by, by you know, 2001, and again, 2001, A Space Odyssey, it was like, oh, by the, and you know, that was in the late 60s, like, by the year 2000, we're going to have space planes and space stations that we can go to. And yeah. Well now that now, now we got nothing. It's like oh, we're gonna wait till the year three thousand. We're all gonna be dead. Well, it's funny that like you say that because Arthur C. Clarke in a way had his own sequelized title problem that way because he had because he had two thousand one Space Odyssey, then he had twenty ten two thousand ten yeah the year we make contact two thousand sixty five no no two thousand sixty one I think it was and then three thousand one the final Odyssey yeah and yeah you have to go all the way now three thousand one to get. Hey, we're interesting again. It's hard to make sequels to movies that are numbers. Yeah. Because 2010 got made into a movie. 2010? Yes. You mean 2012? No, 2010. 2010, the, the year we make Contact. Oh, oh, that movie. With Roy yeah, Scheider. Yeah, yeah. Or how about uh, 2012? <laughs> yeah. 2012 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but again, 2012 was was a movie based upon the idea that the world is going to end in 2012. Yeah. So how do you make a movie about at the end of the world, which the, well the, the end is, well about. the world is still here. It's not quite over. Well, yeah, but you're not going to call it 2012 too. Yeah. And say that's true. And say like, remember four years in the past? This is yeah. still a danger. Yeah, exactly. You know. Um. Again, you might not say it's an unnecessary movie because it does follow up, but I'm not a big uh, uh, Quantum of Solace. Would you say that's a sequel? Do, do, when we get into something that's as giant as James Bond, do you just kind of say, oh, forget it, it's just another James Bond movie? It basically just becomes another n another episode in the franchise. Mm. It's like every Superman comic is just another story about Superman. This is just another story about James Bond. But even but but can you break it up though by the actors like you know the first bon, the first Bond movie ever is Doctor No, but that's the first one with Sean Connery. Right. Then the like five or six other movies he made you could say are like sequels to that. Right. But then as soon as you get a new Bond in there, all of a sudden it's a new series. Oh, but even the movies within that have the same actors don't have much continuity mm. and some do have make references to each other like from Russia with love makes makes a few references to dr no yeah you know with specter and uh and that's kind of the james bond's main enemy throughout the uh throughout the sean connery years then roger moore comes up and he's and very little happens it all gets very silly and no one really cares so it doesn't matter so there are very few of those references in between each other. It's not until we get into Daniel Craig, yeah, and his then that uh, becomes, run as James but then Bond it becomes that a continuity. That yeah, it's that the, I think the story the between thing. films has really tightened up. Yeah, I think that's why I brought Quantum Solace, especially because that is because one of the only time, one of the handful of times where it's you know not only is it following up directly from Casino Royale, but the problems of that movie are connected to this one. Yeah, I mean, it, the end of Casino Royale, that ending scene happens just before the first scene of Quantum of Solace. Yes. So, yes, they are... Quantum of Solace is a sequel to Casino Royale. Yeah, and in that sense, not a very good one. Well... <laughs> yeah, well, you guess you could say they tried or something. It's, it was kind of... It was... It didn't have many highs. No. Apparently, stealing water is not very exciting. <laughs> no, 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 probably not. Um, well, see, when you want to talk when you're not irradiating the gold in Fort Knox, it's hard to get people's attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, were you just referencing Die Hard? No, I was oh. referencing Goldfinger. Damn it! 
No, you know what? Die Hard. There. There is there are sequels we could talk about. Oh boy! Because I have not seen the movie I'm looking at right now. Die Hard Two, Die Harder. Right. I yeah. I, I know Die Hard with a, Vengeance. A Vengeance. And then there's Wait, also which one has Jeremy Irons? That's Die. That's Jer- That's Die Hard Three. But that's Avengers. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes, it is. Okay, I've seen that one. Yeah, you've seen the two really good ones. Yeah. Because Die Hard 2 is okay. It's not great. But it has its... It, that one also has its moments. It's not... But, but it's like everywhere John McClane goes, there's some giant catastrophe going on that only he can solve, apparently. Well, well, no. But, well, the the what made Die Hard originally kind of novel is the fact that here's this guy who just... You know, he doesn't really want to get involved in anything. He just wants to... Go home with his family, have a nice holiday or something like that. You well, know, yeah, but he—he's. But in... then he gets. But then, oh my God, there are these terrorists who have taken over the building. There are these terrorists who are taking over this airport. There are these terrorists that are taking over New that... York. <laughs> well, part of yeah, part of it, yeah. And um, so they can pull like a gold heist. That's why I thought of Die Hard Three is because that one. You know right. what it is? They mention Knox, Fort Knox, and Jeremy Irons has this great line where he's like. Because uh, he's stealing gold from the Federal Reserve, and he's right. like, $140 billion! Ten times what's in Kentucky! Yeah. Fort Knox! Ha! It's for tourists! <laughs> and he just throws, like, a gold bar at one of his nemesis. I gotta say, though, Die Hard with a Vengeance yes. has one key advantage over the original Die Hard. Okay, I'm curious to hear it. Here's the, here's the major flaw with Die Hard as a film and as a story. Okay. In Die Hard... All the police are idiots, <laughs> except for John McClane and Carl Winslow, who I forget is Reginald Hudlin. Yeah, I think it's those. His are name. The, they, I might have mistaken. They are that. the only cops who 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 seem to know anything. And the reason Hans Gruber is able to get away with so much is basically because the people he's up against are idiots. <laughs> I don't think police in real life have ever been this dumb. Uh, now in Die Hard with a Vengeance. The police They're have comp- their act together. They're competent. It's yeah. just that the, like Jeremy Irons is even more of like a twisty villain than even uh, his you know his brother Hans Gruber. But here's the thing: Hans Gruber had a great plan, and he had a lot of contingencies. And on the face of it, Hans Gruber's plan in Die Hard is a very good plan. The problem is, it doesn't look so good when the people he's up against are morons. Yeah. It lessens the impact of how smart Hans Gruber was. Hmm. Now, go to Die Hard with a Vengeance. The police are much more competent. If those police had been up against Hans Gruber, he would have seemed much more impressive, and we would have liked the police a little better. Yeah. But the police have it all together. Hans Gruber's brother's... Yeah, Simon Gruber. Simon Gruber, his plan is outrageously impractical. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stage all of these like special like bombs that may or may not be happening with a Simon Says game with John McClane and you know, as this is happening and I'm performing it's basically like he's performing like magic tricks. Right. Like and while you're looking at this here, I'm gonna steal and pull this heist over here. It's the same concept Hans Gruber did. He he posed as a terrorist in order to just pull off this elaborate heist. And He's almost like the Riddler, you could say. In a way. But he's also just kind of a cheap way to get a Hans Gruber like enemy, even though Hans Gruber died in the first movie. So, yeah, well but, that is you could I it's very easy to criticize that and rightfully so that Oh, it's his brother. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, it's like in uh, it's and, like in Last Action Hero, where th- throughout the uh, films of that universe, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character they have to keep adding different distant relationships <laughs> to him who keep getting killed by his enemies. Well, that's like it's death, like that the, in well, reverse. Yeah, the Death Wish movies do that too. Yeah. Um, which I, I need to time, see. The, I need to see those sequels. That's going to be one of my summer projects. I'm gonna. Watch the di- the Death Wish movies, right. especially Death Wish two and three, which scored by Jimmy Page. Nice. Um, but then, uh, uh, Jeremy Simon. Irons' plan in Die Hard three is like, it's suspenseful to begin with. It's like, are they going to get these bombs in time? Yeah, great. But then it's like to steal gold. You mean nobody's going to notice at a crime scene you stealing all this gold, and then you're going to be able to just bring it out of the city. No problems. And do you know how hard it is to steal gold 
Even in Goldfinger, he decided not to steal the gold because he knew it was impossible. We know from other movies that stealing gold like this is crazy. Hmm. This is, these are only things that movie people really point no, out. No, no. Like, people will, like, a lot of you people just go and watch a movie and be like, I was entertained. That was pretty cool. Seeing where John McClane pops out of, like, a hole by riding a wave. That happened in Die Hard with a Vengeance. You remember that? Where, like, he's in, like, this tunnel and, like, Jeremy Irons, like, decides, like, all right, let's just blow this dam and flood uh, Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis rides, like, up one of these chutes and shoots out. Um, and now, I will, now, here's a good question, though. Is the Jeremy Irons is Alan Rickman's brother thing? I almost now is that as much a problem though when compared to by the time you get to Die Hard four and especially Die Hard five, which to be fair, I haven't seen Die Hard five completely, but I've I've almost read and seen enough reviews that I feel like I've almost seen the movie. Right. You know, you get to that point where you just absorb absorb that much of it. Well, I mean, but we in do, those we... movies, you have just like like characters without any real personality. Well, those are opportunities to make someone different. Yeah. But it becomes quite clear that, you know, you know, in every Terminator we, film, we have a new Terminator for Arnold Schwarzenegger to go up against. Yeah. And then, basically, in every continuing Die Hard film, you have a, a European smart guy for John McLean yeah. to go up against. <laughs> and and then... you could, you could for once say, you know, why don't we do something different? But apparently no one's thinking that. No, no, they're not. Um, yeah, it's really it, a lot of the sequel. But I have to, but I do have to be perfectly honest. I haven't seen any other Die Hard films besides the original and Die Part Hard with Vengeance. Yeah. So I really can't say that they're bad films. Mm. No matter what reviews I've read, I can't say it because I just haven't seen them. No, no, that that, that is fair. Like I, I mean, who knows? I might be kind of being prejudiced in a way by not. You know, go, saying, "Well, I, I don't want to see Die Hard Five. It looks like crap." But I am making that judgment for myself. And we we talked about this on another podcast, I think, as well, about like making decisions about seeing movies or not. Um, that was a whole other discussion that you could check out uh, if you want. To see, it, it, just notice the little icon with James Rolfe and the Ghostbusters logo. That's yeah. a whole other ball of wax there. Um, so, and of course, you know, again. So many, there can be a lot of great sequels in the world. But I just, remember we were talking about the Ghostbusters reboot that's coming out this July. Yeah. I said that I'm really intrigued by the idea of just gender swapping the whole cast. You are. Yeah, I am. And maybe it's just a novelty. Maybe that's why I'm really interested in it. But I'm glad that they're doing something like that because I just wish sequels would do something crazy like that. Well, you know, if, if we're going to go through another rehash of the plot of the original, then why don't we just cha dramatically change one element of everything? I'm going to blow your mind. You know, here's a movie that Sony is doing right now. Please um, say it's gender swapped Spider Man. Ah, well, hmm, Spider Girl, Spider Woman. That'd be oh, Spider Woman, Spider Lady. Nah, Lady they, Spider. They're not going to do that. That just won't happen. Um. They'll they'll they would racially swap before they would do gender I think because they've done that no they've done that in the comics they, they had they've had a black Spider Man yeah but there's been there's been a Spider Woman for for decades yeah well our charts here say that boys like Spider Man I don't know I I'm, I'm I'm pointing to a chart that doesn't exist right now um no here's what I'm about to say. Combining two franchises that have no business being together as your next sequel. So, Men in Black. We've now had three Men in Black movies. All right. Right? Um, Men in Black versus Army of Darkness. Well, no. This is what I'm getting to. So, I mean, we've had three movies. And, uh, you know, and they've all been with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones and stuff like that. Um, I like the third one a little more than the second one, but the first one's still the best. Do you see any of them? I haven't seen any of the Men in Black Ooh. films, actually. That would be a good uh, movie to check out at some point. Just the original Men in Black is a lot Saw of Saw the cartoon. Yeah. Well, I actually have not seen the cartoon. Um, I heard it was pretty creative. All right. But the point I'm getting at, so there's the Men in Black series, which Sony owns. They're also doing the Jump Street movies. They did 21 Jump Street, 
and uh, 22 Jump Street. Yeah. And 22 Jump Street is actually extremely funny, in large part because the whole movie notices that it's a sequel. Like, there's literally a scene where Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, they're sitting at their captain's desk, and he's like, just do what you guys did the first time. And <laughs> <laughs> that's like the running gag through the whole movie. Like, Ice Cube says, no, you know what shit you did before? You're doing it again. And, like, they kind of make light of it it's like you know because the first movie it, you know it's like the first movie you know they're 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 cops posing as high schoolers you know trying to find drug dealers the move the sequel now they're in college yeah and the whole end credit sequence shows them like do, in a montage of what their different sequels are going to be right. like you know 23 jump street 24 jump street uh, Jump Street in Space, uh, Jump Street Goes to Russia, <laughs> Jump Street, all those movies. But in reality, what Sony is doing, Jump Street meets Men in Black. There, see? Yeah, I like I'm it. actually really intrigued about that. Like, you're combining the worlds of this comedy, which is fairly realistic, and then you have, well, not realistic, but, you know, it's a comedy, it's it ostensibly takes place in real life. And whereas then you have also Men in Black, which is all about it's basically like an X Files, but done as like a comedy. Right. Um, and I I really like that concept. I like if you're gonna just if you're gonna keep milking these properties, just do like crossovers. Do like that because yeah, what you as you were saying like it's you're you're gonna run out of steam eventually if you just keep on doing sequels to the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Like that's why I'm really excited for um instead of them making a Lego movie 2 right away, they're making a Lego Batman. Yeah. Which Well, know. I mean that's going to be a spin-off, but you know, Batman in that movie had some potential. Oh, a lot. Of potential. And it's going to be a Batman film which is animated and is going to be a comedy. Yeah, that is unique. Yes. Like you need to like take chances in that sense. Like if you have like it's the same principle that even though studios will greenlight a sequel like that just because it's safe, it's easy money, if you're going to have some success, you still need to take some chances. Yeah. Um, I, but that's ultimately what what sequels nowadays do not avoid. Yeah. I mean, because you do sequels not because you're willing to take a chance, but because you're trying to bank on what's worked before. It's the most... It's the safest bet you can make. Yeah. The fact that James Cameron makes a sequel to Alien, and he decides, okay, w you know what we what he did in that first movie that was a horror movie. An alien's on a ship, he's attacking people one by one. Let's have one or she, I should say. No, it's a mother. Uh, I really don't think that at this point uh, aliens are really concerned about gender. No, <laughs> xenomorphs are more concerned we need about tearing your brain <laughs> we, stem out. Yeah, Andrew, you're you're discriminatory. We need like a we need a female xenomorph movie <laughs> to combat the male xenomorph. Anyway, all right. But the point is, <laughs> in this movie, we're gonna have soldiers who are going down on a planet. And they're gonna go and you know fight off these aliens. It's an action film. Yeah, that 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 took an a, action film with a great deal of suspense. That needed that took someone having to listen to somebody saying, "Here's what I want to do," and someone going, "Go for it." Right. Or even uh, Star Trek. You know, I mean, Gene Roddenberry had to kind of sign off on, "All right, Wrath of Khan. That sounds cool." Yeah. Uh, and then what they did with that, yeah, and it's. Um, they were able to rehash it for Star Trek Into Darkness. Thanks for reminding me of that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, uh, but, and then we have these sequels to Star Trek. You know, Star Trek had been has been progressively getting worse uh, <laughs> before, to, for, for more varying degrees. It depends. It, it, well, Star, the, the, the generations movies, I think, are usually looked at as being pretty poor. My my favorite is. Uh, my favorite Star Trek movie of all time is... Part 6? What's the subtitle to that one? Undiscovered Country. Yes, Because you talked Country. about it on the podcast. I did. I mean, I think it's better than Wrath of Khan. It is actually the, I, the most... I don't agree with you, but I, it, I respect your opinion. I think it's the most worthwhile story ever told in a Star Trek film. Mm. And uh, 
st- the Star Trek what, reboot. More, more worthy than saving the whales? Well, <laughs> that was actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, Let's make an environmental message lo- movie in the Star Trek. It's been a long Trek. time since I've seen Star, Star Trek. Trek 4 is a lot of fun. Four. That's where you get, like, we're going to, the Star Trek characters are going to be on a bus in modern day San Francisco, and Spock is going to use his, like, pinch on a punk rocker. <laughs> That's just really I, crazy. I call that justice. There you go. But yeah. uh, the Star Trek reboots, they are very different. You yeah. know, Roger Ebert said they're moving more. They moved more towards space opera than anything that Star Trek had ever been before. Yeah, and it's different. Yeah, it's very different from from what people knew Star Trek to be, and it's been sl- and it's been gradually moving in that in that same direction for sure. Um, so I guess if I have a point to this whole thing, because we've been talking now if for a while. If you have a point to this whole if thing. If I do have a point. <laughs> if, if I haven't been rambling for the last hour. If, if I can be the like... The point is this. If I can be like that cartoon character, uh, literally, you know, there was a cartoon I think called The Point. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah. I've only seen the first half of that. Okay. Well, if I can be like I that I can't character. say whether it's been good or not. <laughs> yeah. Um... Again, if you're gonna, I'm not saying all sequels must stop tomorrow because they certainly won't. The day after will suffice. Yeah. The what? The the day after they can stop the day after. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. That'll give you some time to retool the system. You know, make sure yeah. everything's good. Yeah, exactly. All sequels must stop the day after tomorrow. Yeah. All there right. You go. There but... we go. Uh, this is Andrew. <laughs> uh, please like and fave and dis- and describe us on iTunes and D- SoundCloud. Describe us. Yes, describe us. Uh, you didn't say it like that. I, the uh, point leave is, comments on yeah. our SoundCloud page and iBook reviews. iBook. And continue to read us on Snatcher and Stitch. <laughs> I think that a Chinese hacker has taken over Andrew. <laughs> Telling us to use all these different programs. No, no, here's what I just want to say. I like sequels sometimes. I sometimes like them even more than the first film. I mean, The Godfather Part 2 is the benchmark of that, but you also have... uh, I still like Star Trek The Undiscovered Country better than Godfather 2. That's an odd comparison point. Don't worry, I'm joking. Okay. (laughs) I, I saw his brow furrow for just a moment, and I thought he might burst a blood vessel, but... Yeah, well, it's... Um, but if you're going to make a sequel, put in some effort. That's all I'm trying to say. It put in a little bit of effort. Try to be a little bit creative with your characters and your world. Try not to fall into the traps of sequelitis, which I only said a, f- a, a, a few of the real tropes. There are a lot more that you can look at. Um, and I'm sure I could talk about even more movies, but we only have so much time. And, you know, our world is... You know, we have more sequels. Our world than... is falling apart as we speak. I know. You know. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's all I mean to say. <laughs> Just, movie makers, be decent. Be decent. Be good people. Be good movie people. That's a good <laughs> way to end this podcast, for sure. Just, uh, and also just remember, the more sequels there are, usually the worse oh. the films are going to get. Oh, one last <laughs> thing I wanted to mention, and because we brought up Star Trek. Uh, just a little sad news. Uh, oh, that yeah. You, uh, so... Poor Anton Yelchin died. Yeah. And that was just a real shocker. Just out of nowhere. Like yeah. Like that. The fact that somebody, you know, I just talked, because I just seen that movie Green Room that I talked yeah. about on the podcast. I remember you talking And about. Uh, interesting with Patrick Stewart. And, you know, he, I hadn't seen him in a lot of movies, but the ones I'd seen him in, he was always dependable and a good actor. I mean, even from the Star Trek films, I remember him quite well as, as Chekhov. He, yeah. he, he made his presence known in those films. Yeah, and, it's and been, he, much more so than Chekhov in the original series. Walter Koenig? Can anybody say that, like, that, that, that Chekhov is their favorite character? No. But oh. you can certainly say that Chekhov in the new films is adorable. He's, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm 17 years old. I I go and fix shit for you. I can do this. Yeah. And he's running around a lot. He had a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, so now that, that light is kind of extinguished. So, Anton Yelchin, this podcast is dedicated to you. So, I thanks, just wanted Anton. to put that out there. Yeah, thanks for doing the movies. Um, you were lost way too soon. And uh, so with that, uh, when you join us next time, uh, we'll be... 
movieing and uh, actually maybe going to review some new movies uh, right. specifically that are opening in uh, cinema theaters uh, this upcoming week. So we'll see about uh, when we can get those out to you. And, you know, just check the uh, posting date of this podcast. Two days after that, all sequels are going to stop. Uh, as Jack suggested, yeah. The, the so uh, just remember that. And as, uh, as the trailer, you know, the trailer of the Purge didn't lie. Not only does the Purge have to come to an end, sequels have to come to an end. Right. So with that, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And remember, the wages of cinema is death. Part two: Electric Boogaloo. <laughs>